Good morning. This is Faith Over Breakfast with me, your host, Brian Betts, but more specifically and importantly, Pastor Eric Seepin. Pastor most Andy. Importantly. <laughs> most importantly. <laughs> and Pastor Andy Littleton. And he said that most importantly because we have some uh, viewers from Japan. Well, some, yeah, would, they view our logo. They view we our logo. Say. View our right. logo. I mean, I don't know. Unless they're able to, like, see through space and time. They are listening to us in Tokyo. Oh, specifically, the, their, our site. That's what I yeah, meant by viewers. Uh, so I apologize. Uh, Profile views. Profile yeah, views. So. Well, yeah, you're definitely more up to date on those. But Japan is on the cutting edge of technology. So if they're viewing us, we wouldn't be surprised. That's true. Yeah, let's wave. We just waved. Okay. Okay, perfect. <laughs> but they already know that. <laughs> <laughs> they saw everything. Oh, yeah. man. So hello people in Tokyo, we're happy to have you listening to us as we sit at the top of Exo Coffee at their loft, which is uh, their office that they've let us have for a while, they eat breakfast. Yeah, we're eating breakfast at Exo. Um, Brian is the only one still eating breakfast. I wanted to wait, I actually was waiting a little bit because we got it pretty early and we weren't set up yet. Uh, when I got my food, so I was just nibbling and nibbling it, and so now I have at least like one bite left. Yeah, delicious and, yeah. looking bite. Actually. I know, I know. Yeah. But eventually, I'll dive into it. But I'll wait until we get rolling. So yeah, a huge thanks to the people at EXO for letting us use their loft and eat their delicious food, and just for uh, yeah, we're we're in Tucson, Arizona. Um, sorry, folks in Japan, EXO's um, expansion strategy has reached um, about a mile down the road from us so far, but not to you. Hopefully someday you get to try it. It's delicious. Come and on I, down. We'd love to meet with you. Come on down. Yeah. yeah. We might even put you on the podcast. Yeah, you can tell. We have warm faces, all of us. Yeah. You can see it. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> that brings me to a, a thought. Uh, in contacting us, we don't have an email address. No. So I yeah. was thinking, do we need to put together an email address? Yeah, probably. Could we be faithoverbreakfast at gmail.com? Let's I hope that we can Let's do hope, that. yeah. yeah. I mean, how many Faith Over Breakfasts are there? Uh, I've probably ten now, and they're going to charge us. Yeah. I won't put this up till we've got it. Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, make sure make sure we, we grab that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. down the road you could probably email us. And, um, yeah, we'll maybe do by the time this is on. Yeah, we'll do a Q&A sometime. Maybe next week, even. Oh, yeah? yeah? Yeah. I think that'll be a good idea. There you go. Just oh, okay. making plans on the fly. That's right. Wow. On the podcast. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I'm we I'm an did. edgy host, I just have to say. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so I right. pay you the big bucks. Oh. Well, when we get over 100 listeners, you know, right now we're only at around 40, so. Yeah. 39 of which are in Japan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One That's of which is Pastor. <laughs> listens over and over again. So yeah. It's really just me. Yeah. Well, for those of you watching, you're wondering why Brian is holding a guitar right now. And that's, um, you know, that's a good question. That's a, that's a really great question. Um, yes. So, Brian, tell the viewers, why are you holding a guitar? Well, today we're going to discuss worship. And I was asked to make some worship, musically speaking. Oh. So... I will be doing some worship today, and I'm guessing we're going to do that right now. Sure, like, you want to do that for us? Uh, yes, so I feel like this is just a good time to, uh, for you to kind of relax and sing along, feel free, 
I may not do that. I don't think that's going to happen. I might try to do a little background stuff. Oh, you you guys don't have to. I was talking about the listeners at home. Uh, For them to just kind of... Pastors don't say. Yeah. (laughs) Some do. I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm just going to do just one worship song just to help us get into that rhythm. Um, And, yeah, feel free to just consider the words that are we're going to be going through this is amazing grace uh, and that'll be it alright awesome
This is Faith Over Breakfast. Uh, I'm with Pastor Eric Seepin and Pastor Andy Littleton, and I'm your host, Brian Betts, and uh, we just went through, uh, this is Amazing Grace. And Let me just say I'm glad I wasn't singing along with you when you uh, when you went into that really high note there. Yeah, that was really good. It was oh. beautiful, oh, okay. but it would not have been beautiful if I had been singing, because that's where I would have gone. <laughs> and uh, you know, all my middle school friends would have gone. Oh, that's the guy I remember. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's pretty fun. But now, yeah, man, you got a beautiful voice. Yeah, oh, you got voice. I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you know, men aren't always complimenting each other's beautiful voices. <laughs> that's not what let it doing. let it be heard. I'm not gonna do that. It's, yeah. no, I'm gonna do it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. You want me to grab a guitar? Oh yeah, sure. I appreciate it. So hey, so. Uh, so there's an example of, of a song we might call a worship song, um, and uh, you know this is this is a big this is a big topic in church. This is this is a huge topic in church. It is a huge topic. And so here we are, um, Brian Betts, the the musician, the the host and musician, and then we've got we have churches that take you know there's different very different ways of of doing music within our churches and. Um, yeah, what are we? We're just eating breakfast. We're just hanging out. That's yeah. the premise of this thing. Yeah. And um, what are we? Uh, what do we want to talk about here? What 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 do the people in Japan and here in Tucson? <laughs> what, what, you know, what what are they thinking? What do you think they're thinking? Yeah. About or, or worship. We, or what are we just thinking? I, I mean, I think first we have to say we're we're just talking about music. I mean, yeah. theologically, yes. we're not talking about all the different forms of worship from gathered to separate to, you know, how we live out our lives. We're just talking about, in particularly, when God's body gathers and someone begins to sing, what are they singing, why are they singing it, and how is that used right. um, to, yeah. to communicate to both the community and, and engage God. Um, and so... Our churches do this very differently, and, right. um, and in some ways, Andy's church and my church are similar in yeah. that we both have groups of people who've written numbers of songs for the local body, right? Um, and so, songwriting is a, a big part of it. Um, creativity is a big part of it. But probably, people find our churches to be a critique or an adjustment of their regular experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, to some to some degree. Yeah, they're definitely. I don't know about you, but we've definitely had people who've come and said we've had people who've said, "Hey, like I like the church. I tolerate the music," um, or people who will will say, "It was the music that brought me here. Nothing else." <laughs> or or <laughs> um, or people who just say, "I can't do this. I can't. I, this this music isn't for me, um, and therefore I can't do your church at all." Right and um, what, what about you guys? You... Um, well, we we have all those reactions like right. you do, um, but usually when you end up at our church, it is your last resort. So <laughs> you you don't tend to you don't tend to care. You're a little less choosy. Cause... Uh, yeah, and, and a lot of times people, you know, like at the village, because we don't sing any music that's played in the regular church except for hymns and we sing all those acapella yeah um unless you're used to singing acapella hymns 
Yeah. Um, you're not going to be connected. <laughs> I apologize, man. What are you you're trying to like hang out and talk to other people? I haven't what actually you... seen him in a very long time. He's an old friend of mine. Ah, I see how this works. Yeah. <laughs> trying to interrupt our show, Faith Over Breakfast. Real, real Faith Over Breakfast. There are, <laughs> hey, folks, if you were doubting that this is actually in a restaurant, um, those of you who just saw that know this yeah. is actually at a Faith restaurant. Faith Over Breakfast. <laughs> yeah, it's exo coffee. I'm not going to let this viewer's joke go. I'm going no. to stretch it all the way through. Yeah. But anyway, anyway. People, I was just saying people kind of tend to think our music sounds like bad bar music. Um, yeah. And so that's kind of... That's wait, wait, wait. Let me clarify. Music that comes from a bad bar uh-huh. or, or like a good bar that has bad music. Um, I think most people think it's a good bar. Okay. We serve awesome food at our church. Yeah, that's true. And the music, I think, a lot of people say they like it, but it's kind of a certain shtick. You yeah. Know? It's band music at a bar. Yeah. Kind of the guys thing. that couldn't get on tour, but they're still in their 40s, yeah. but they they do want some gigs, and so the local yeah. bar opens party. it up, and their 20 friends come, and the bar makes a little yeah. more money. Yeah. It's like that. That's at the kind village. of like okay. that. You kind of have that feel. Yeah. Um, so that, no, and that is kind of the thing. The other thing is that we work really hard to stay away from being very eye-centered. So even yeah. we write all our own music, and we have, unless we're singing psalms, we have a rule that says you're not allowed to put an eye in your music. So you need to write in the third person. Or if you're going to use I, you need it to kind of move back and forth between the corporate to the individual because of how egocentric our culture is part of what we feel like our job is to say no this isn't about you it's about us worshiping god right and so a lot of times the worship music you'll hear now is very focused on my experience that i'm having right at church with yeah. jesus and yeah so yeah that's kind of where we're yeah and the way that you do worship that i uh, i really like is the band will be off to the side yes yeah and the way that the whole congregation set up they're not even facing right. the stage so you're kind of like experiencing worship and you're more of a part of it and you're not kind of just at this any sort of concert for you right. that's one of my that's my one of my personal absolute favorite ways to do it and our, our church is a merger and we came from we couldn't have been more opposite in this department <laughs> um, so <laughs> The, the church that I pastored, our band was in the absolute back. Mm. And so if you came into church late, you were in the band, was our joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it was actually, it was something that, it was a, a big change that I had wanted to, to experience. And it was one of the ones that was like, man, it was good. Like, this was a really good change. Um, the church that we merged with, you know, was up on what I would joke was a 10-foot high stage in the front. It wasn't. It was three foot maybe. it was three foot yeah but that's yeah. still pretty high like some smoke. <laughs> yeah yeah well no smoke well it felt like smoke, there was smoke but, but it wasn't there smoking. was no smoke machine it was just because somebody was smoking <laughs> no. <laughs> totally. i think they did have somebody just kind of vaping during the service mm-hmm. once which was maybe that would have given off the smoke machine effect you know being a the downtown edgy church that they were but um so we had to kind of take those two like okay here was our experience here was theirs and put them together and so what we did is our band is is in the front on the floor but to the side so that was a, a way that we didn't 
completely discount either one of those experiences. But I miss personally. This is me. And by the way, I mean, for, for people who might think like every church is just their pastor's perfect church. I don't know about you, but like our church, I, I love it. But if, if I were to design a church for me, just for me, it would be very different. Um, I would do things differently, you know, but the thing is, it's not for me. Mm. That, that's not what it, it wasn't to fulfill my desires. And so there are a lot of things that, at, you know, our church and, and even at our church before when the music was in the, there's still a lot of things that weren't for me. Um, but, but I loved that. I loved music in the back. It took my eyes off musicians, which I always just personally like watch musicians, like what are they doing? Um, and, you know, my wife would say the same. As a musician herself, she would get yeah. kind of caught up in that instead of thinking about what she was saying to God. And I'm, yeah, I like, I love that. And I appreciate that about your church. Yeah, no, I think that's because a lot, we have a lot of our musicians who have been like, oh, yeah, I like to play worship now because no one's looking at yeah. me. I can just worship God and I am part of the community and everybody else is just following along. Yeah part of that too so that's that's a nice part of it yeah our musicians um, before would say the same that their experience of leading worship was so much better yeah yeah no, yeah it's, it's definitely uh, I think one of the other things that for our community when it comes to worship music itself is I my experience of being in a big church is it's always the best right or if you're in a small church there is nobody yeah. So you've got no talent or you have a bunch of talent just sitting around because they're not good enough to really be performance level musicians. Right. Um, and so what happens is they don't ever get to practice their creativity. They don't right. get to offer, you know, it's almost like you say, okay, well, you've got two talents when it comes to playing and leading people. So we really don't want you to ever duplicate those or offer those. We just want the guy with the five talents to duplicate his and to care for the community. Right. So at the village, like, I mean, we're only 80 to 90 adults, and yet we have, like, 15, 20 musicians. Now, they're not all, you know, super great. I'm one of them. Yeah. So I know they're not super great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a lot of it is allowing people A, to practice and learn it's not like we don't like excellence but really have allowing people to lead people to the throne and it it teaches all of us to kind of walk with somebody in their gift and watch them grow in it and and that's yeah pretty powerful I think in connecting to Jesus yeah absolutely yeah I just learned that we had another you know guitar player singer in our church right now Brian, like I, I knew, I, I'd heard that Brian sung, but I've never actually heard him sing. And then yes. I'm going, oh, hey Brian, what? you ever want to <laughs> help out up front? You want to, you know, off to the side? Well, and, and this you, talent you here is leaving soon, so you're gonna have to grab it. And uh, oh, and we're gonna edit that. Spoiler out. alert. <laughs> yeah. Well, never mind. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, well, no one, li- no one listens that really knows me. So <laughs> I'm gonna cut it. It'll be cut. There's just going to be an awkward silence at about this point. And we're back, Faith Over Breakfast. And so... Um, <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's... Anyway, I'm, I'm sure... Yeah, we, we talk about this, like, behind, you know, in, in some of our meetings. Like, it would be really nice to share the load with some more people. And then, guess what? If we're going to do that, they're going to have to not be maybe recording-level musicians. And in my, you know... 
I mean, right now at, at Mission, we've got um, Mike and Brittany Almaroth, who are ridiculously good, good. musicians. Very, and, very good. And it's like, and that's awesome. And I really, really like, I appreciate them so much. And I love that I go and see them performing in the community outside of the church and people in general just think they're good. And that's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people are intimidated by that within the church of like, well, I can't play anywhere near that level, so I just won't play. Um, and, and that's kind of, that's kind of a bummer. You know, I, I would, I think some people have like decided to just go for it anyway and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we need more people to, to lead cause Mike and Brittany shouldn't be, I, I would, you know, I think they would agree that like, we want the sound of our worship to be a little more diverse than that. Yeah. Like we want different sounds to be, you know, kind, kind of coming from the community cause we don't all listen to the exact same stuff at our church. So it should be more varied. And then just those different personalities and gifts and musicians being able to share that with others. Um, so, yeah, it, it's something we want to see. So, yeah, Brian, yeah, yeah, whenever you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think the other thing about it is just to like, I mean, you had mentioned um, just some processes of life that you've been going through as a pastor and feeling like, man, I'm I'm just a a failure and that kind of led you to thinking about you know critiquing other pastors yeah and right. what does that mean and that kind of thing and, and critique is an interesting thing because when it comes to worship music in particular like and the church like people have very distinct opinions about about it yeah and, and I do and, yeah. and some of it is like I mean, in some ways, it's before you talk about worship music, you got to talk about how you actually are willing to criticize people and what that means and what's the right. point in that. And right. Because a lot of times we get hurt and we walk away and we're like, ah, I don't, I don't like, and then you begin to attack what people do. Right. Um, and other times, like, critique's just hard to hear. I don't like people critiquing my sermons. Right. But it's the only way I'm going to get better. Yeah. You know, those kinds of things. So We could do a whole podcast of that, just critiquing each other's sermons. Oh, I would love, <laughs> I would love to do it. We could break it. We could listen to one, and then we could break it down into some, you know, small cuts, and then yeah. just talk about the different parts. So our competition, the Bad Christian Podcast, which I know for a lot of you, it's like, which one do I pick? Is it Faith Over Breakfast or Bad Christian? Right? Yeah. But they've been critiquing uh, on the side some megachurch sermons. Let's take. We should take it a step further and critique our own sermon. Like yeah, instead of that. instead of some, you know, megachurch guy who's who's out there and on television or whatever. Let's bring it home. Let's critique bad Christian podcast. <laughs> uh, yes, please. Let's yeah. get them to be our. And then let them critique ours, and then we'll just go home crying because we might know. get more listeners though. Oh, I'm sure we would. I'm sure we would. <laughs> Yeah, just, uh, just go ahead and tag the fact that we talked about Bad Christian today, and I'm sure we'll get another listener somewhere you know, in Japan. You know, a good idea, Bad Christian tags. Okay, I can do that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, bad, I, cr- bad Christian guys, hey, uh, you're killing it, man. You got all kinds of followers. Way to go. Um, no, no, we're not into you, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a lie by Pastor Eric right there, who struggles with lying because... Um, I do, and I confess that so, uh, <laughs> yeah. from the pulpit. Dang yeah. it. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, critique. Well, gosh, anytime you really, this is just this is just the thing. Anytime you're good at something, right, um, and or or you're really passionate about it, you're going to critique the version of it that seems like 
lower or like you know less particular than you I mean so when you're a great musician there's going to be a type of music you just don't like and you don't appreciate and that bothers you just like when you're uh, you believe in a certain type of church as a pastor so we're like on this small church kick that we like our churches being small and and who knows God may push us on that because what if someday a whole bunch of people come and we don't have the great multiplication plan we thought we had and our church is big and we have to eat our words who knows Um, but but we're, you know, it is easy, it's really easy to look at people who are doing it different than us and go, oh, that's not very biblical, right. or that's just not wise, or that's just not talent, or whatever the case. And, um, man, I've been, I've been guilty of that. And, and I know, and I know when, when you get into the musical realm, like, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that, right? Um, and so, man. So the question I would have, and, and our host going to answer this too and I'd love to hear from you guys is what like do you think that we've corporatized worship so that we have basically Chris Tomlin and Matt Redmond and, and Jesus Culture and a few others Hillsong and who, they, who are these people? yeah good job <laughs> I know you know who they are these people are defining for us sure. how we sing to God yeah yeah and which is fine because I do think there is a large visible corporate church, yeah. and and we need to critique how they're doing it because they're representing us. Right. But there's also a local story. The Hillsong is not meet for me in our church. It don't it doesn't address what's going on. Right. So you don't relate to the song "Oceans" here in the desert. No, I don't. <laughs> there are a lot of like, other could, reasons I don't relate to that song. <laughs> we'll I mean, go there. We should have a song called "Cacti." <laughs> oh God you know, bristles up against us like a cacti and digs his thorn deep inside and hooks around our artery. Dude. What? Can we sing Can that? we sing that right now? I can't. <laughs> All right, here we go. Can you remember oh my those God. lyrics? <laughs> oh, no, I can't. Here it is. Okay, ready? <laughs> oh, my God. Let's, let's Im- put it in, like, E minor. Improv. Improv with Brian Betts, the cactus right, song. Right, 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 e minor. Okay, what was it? I'm was just, you just got to do your best Cactus... You are my cactus. You, you dig your thorn deep inside me and prick me to the core. Oh, my God. Gosh, I don't even know how that would start. You are my cactus. Uh, what was the next line? <laughs> you you that drive your spline. Or, no, your <laughs> spine. Spline. Spline. <laughs> Um, yeah, what's what's the man? Your your first time we said it was awesome. I know. Yeah. This is I have this problem. Like where the problem, same I'll, I'll say a great thing and then I can't quite <laughs> say it again. You're, li- you're like a cactus. You drive your spine deep into my soul. Yeah, yeah. You drive your spine down deep. You, you uh, yeah. Gosh. Okay. <laughs> you are my cactus. I already forgot. Man, I can't remember it. Especially if I'm making up the... I don't know the, the lyrics well enough yeah. to... The blood will gush. You won't let go. As I try to tear you from my skin, you drive deeper within. 
See? Well, I'll just have to write it up, and then next week I'll just perform it at the beginning podcast. Okay. Like, here we go. Okay. This is it. That'll be good. And I really hope you both forget that. Yeah. <laughs> Those of you listening from uh, Hillsong Japan, um, just <laughs> Hillsong Japan, <laughs> remember us here in the desert. Uh, uh, consider, you know, yeah. that maybe this would be the next song for the church that only people in the Sonoran Desert could relate to because, you know, we we have cactus here. We don't we don't understand songs about oceans. We. We'll come up with something for you, too, about yeah. city life. City life. Well, yeah. I know, like, for instance, your church did songs for the city, right? Or songs for the... Yeah. Which I, wouldn't, of, I shouldn't say our church, well, our, but Mike and Brittany, Mike and Brittany participated did. in a yeah. city song yeah. collective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So those were there. And, and people in my church, I think what's really crazy is we have about five or six people who've written songs both the music and the words who don't play in the band yeah. and aren't really good they're not musicians but right. they really work hard they want to play they collaborate with the musician and it is crazy when that song is sung you can see them being and everybody's connected to this person yeah. who wrote this song and, yeah. and it's really powerful in a way that's not like I've never experienced in church yeah. You know, and because A, I either grew up in a very conservative place where we're singing hymns, which you never know any of the people because they're all dead. Right. Um, or you're singing Maranatha songs, and I don't know anybody from Maranatha. So, <laughs> right. So it's just a powerful connectedness to your community and to the localness of it. Yeah. And what's happening, what God's doing at that moment <laughs> in time. Yeah, because I remember something really special that uh, your church did uh, when there was a. I believe it was a tragic loss and someone wrote a song of worship that you all did as a community and you all able to kind of be there for that person and also just kind of lift this thing up to God in that moment uh, and it was just a really powerful thing for your community yeah and then didn't but, you write the song Eric in that case or? I'm trying to remember but <laughs> which, which, I know we've done a few things like that yeah. I mean I've written yeah. a lot of songs but I think I've written like 30 or 40 so yeah I don't even know how half my songs go yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a thing yeah yeah, yeah that's um, that's an interesting topic because uh, you know I think there there are people that we know that might even be in our churches who would say like really the only songs that should be sung in the church are very historic ones mm-hmm. um, and, and there's always a, a struggle to delineate which era of history right because mm-hmm. some people would say hymns only well a hymn is really more of a song type you know you still right. got people writing those now right. yeah. um, and then um, or other people would say you know psalms only but there's right. usually some arrangement of those psalms that are, is different and that you know so they're reworded they're not sung exactly right. the way David sung them and of course they've been translated into English so they're right. they're different right. in many in many ways and then and then you have other people who would say you're you should really only sing the songs the church are singing now the new songs right, right? and then kind of what you're saying is this like you should also really sing songs that are you know linked to your community and so the people are all over the spectrum of some some would go songs related to your community that's actually wrong right you know regulative yeah. principle principle of worship wrong right and then other people would, would come around normative principle come on yeah <laughs> oh well in my, in my circles it's regular I don't want the normative right to be other yeah against the regular <laughs> yeah right um, but uh, but it's yeah like you know you've got these differing Yes. Uh, opinions, and then of course you know, then you got all the arguments because the hymns. Guess what? 
where did those tunes come from? Right, Old bars. bar songs. Yeah. Right. So Eric's church is just doing uh, more bar songs. Bar songs of today. Those the, the hymns were written to old bar songs of the past, and then uh, and then some of the things people sing as hymns today were actually not considered hymns back when they were sung. They were just little uh, jingles, little choruses right. that now they're old enough we think they're hymns, but they're not. Right. And it, it's just uh, there's all sorts of discussion on this, but but. The, I guess the thing I want to put out there is like the value of historical songs versus ones that are really contemporary to your community. You know, how do you think through that? Because you do both. How do we think through that? Yeah. yeah well, I, I think, I mean, our church is super reformed. Yeah. And one of the reasons that we decided to write our own music is probably because I realized that the people I talk to don't read scripture. Yeah. I mean, and, and part of our goal is to help them read scripture. And so I was like, well, we need to work on music that's going to push scripture into their life. Yeah. And so we have, you know, we sing about 150 songs, all yeah. of them either written by us or written by um, people from Marcel Church or other churches that will give us their music for free. Yeah. So we don't play any music that is part of the CCL license, yeah. CCLI license, because we don't want to pay for it. It's just sort of more principled than we can't afford it anymore. Yeah. Um, but that allows us to kind of a, a control over the theological structure. Yeah. And um, I think that's my concern, and always has been, is that modern worship music is so theologically light, and we're often we'll have somebody like you, Andy, who'll stand up and actually give a very well-grounded theological sermon, but three of the songs may actually account as what you said theologically. They're undermining it because it's a different understanding of Jesus. Right. And I have a problem with that, and I'm like, so we were willing to make the sacrifice. So it's it's just interesting though because even with that like so saying we're very reformed and we want this deal there's there are people who would say therefore as because I'm reformed and I want to see this theological depth I will only do old music by much better theologians the the old technical theological yeah. hymn writers yeah. that, so it's still there's like so why old songs and new well, content, you know because you're mean, saying if you've like, ever taken a, you know a hymnology class you'll learn very quickly that half of them are not very theologically yeah grounded. and some of them yeah. turned out to not be believers right interestingly <laughs> enough and some of them were committed suicide right. and all sorts of I mean yeah really like they're yeah. like we look at our you know yeah, we look at our popular art. These were actually the pop artists of the yes. day because religious music was huge. And so we go just like, oh, Justin Bieber, what a wreck. Yeah. Well, they used to go, oh, the hymn writers, what right. a wreck. Right, <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's... Yeah, you have to be very careful. And, yeah. and so we actually pick and choose through the hymns we'll sing and look through what they're saying and how they're saying it. Yeah. I mean, we're not perfect at that, but I think the thing is that we're trying to say is, yes, we're this tiny little church, but we're going to be a small pebble in the ocean, you know, and a lot of people do come to our church and say, oh, but man, you guys don't play any of the music I know, and and I say, you know what, every single church plays the music you know, Right. we're just one, like, we're the one where we're not doing that, so if you want something different, like, you know, we're not McDonald's. We, we always say we're in and out like we just do these few things and yeah. that's it we can't we can't do uh, yeah. whatever McDonald's meal you want we don't yeah. have chicken yeah so. yeah and, and you know another piece is you know I, 
So the thing with, because yeah, I, I would agree, so when people say like some of the older hymns are more theologically rich than some of the newer worship songs, right. I go, yeah, totally. Also, you know, very true. I'll also counter that I see, think some of the most theologically rich music coming out of the Christian community is now hip hop. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, talk about like amount of lyrical content possible. Mm-hmm. That still that doesn't mean I would use it as a worship song. But you can. I mean, you, you when you have I mean, hundreds of words and, and some of the hip hop artists can work out a really complex thought in a song. But that doesn't mean it's going to be good for people to meditate on and use. I enjoy it. Right. But um, but the I guess the other thing is like. Part of the the idea with getting together and singing these songs to God is that everyone in the room, in the you know in the church, can connect with what's being taught and expressed in the song, and that we can sing it together. And so there, you know, there are certain older songs that you know I like I struggle with because I even get kind of lost in the language, sure, because it's it's not art the language of our day. And um, and so I, I find myself just kind of saying things that I don't, I'm like, I don't even really, I haven't even computed what this means. So I really appreciate when um, when something really theologically rich and meaningful is said in a way that I can, in an, you know, a modern idiom, if you will, that I can express clearly without having to sit there and translate it in my mind. Right. Um, and so there's, that's a piece where I, I kind of see the value of newer songs that are rich and yeah, yeah. no I agree with you. Yeah. I just realized while you were talking that I now remember the song and what you were talking about about the tragedy and all yeah, that and I was yeah. like what is he talking about I don't remember this <laughs> oh yeah okay yeah. <laughs> anyway well, last year right was, yes. was just yeah, yeah I wrote a song yeah. out of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 and Psalm yeah. 37 because yeah. last year at the village was just yeah, it was a really hard year yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So writing a song in particular, there were two songs that were written to the tragedy. Yeah, and I and I think that's incredible. I got to be at your church. I can't remember if it was. A, I don't think it would have been a Sunday. I think it was for like an elders or a. It was yeah, denominational, Reform, denominational yeah. thing. Yeah. Where you, you shared that song, and of course it was when I heard it. It was like this is just scripture, right? But it was so meaningful that you arranged that scripture very specifically for this difficult time in yeah. the church. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. yeah. It was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It was huge. Um, yeah. I, anyway, there's, we could go on and on about yeah. the different ways that people think about these things. But it, it, I guess suffice it to say, I think it's been key throughout the history of the church that the songs that are sung can be grasped by the community and are speaking to issues in which I mean read read some Reformation songs and you will see the struggle between of right. the Protestant church trying to find its identity right. you know in those songs that you know, why do, and they were writing new songs at that time because that was what they were struggling with and right. it needed to connect to that so that's one example of, of many but well, that the, seems to be the one difference and that's to go back to my question yeah like we do live in a place that monetizes everything yeah. yeah, and it feels like worship music has become monetized and corporatized. So, like Hillsong is big money. Sure, you know Chris but, Tomlin is big money. And I hate—I don't want to be a, a pain in right now, but no, that's what I just don't. You are pain. I know. <laughs> I just don't think that's so new. You don't think so? No, I mean because frankly, like 
So let's use Reformationary again. We have a, a new thing called the printing press, right? right? People are buying books. Right. They're printing all these songs. They're not just giving it away. Like there are printers making money, musicians sure. rising up in the. I mean, I I think that. But tension, Wesley wasn't making money for his his songs. Yeah, he was writing them for the church. I agree with that. The church was paying those musicians locally to do their work. Yeah, and I I mean, but I would still say like a big part of Wesley's like the making of who he was yeah. and his popularity and the all of the preaching opportunities that he got and. Sure that it hit when his brother came with him and they would he would preach right and like I don't I don't know my Wesleyan history as well as I should but you know that what they offered wasn't just like oh someone can preach it's like there's going to be the best songs in the church and and a powerful sermon mm-hmm. and we'll come to your town right right and so it you know and I I would hope that they really did believe in the kingdom and wanted to share that with the church but right. I would I would also say the same thing about Chris Tomlin like I from what I don't know him but no, I, no. I'm assuming that though he sells albums and does all this stuff that part of his that there's probably a commingled like I want to bring in income to support what I do and support what my church does but I also really want to offer this I believe in this to the world yeah. I mean isn't that every like I mean farmers and and people who do activism and people who start like yeah, there's, I think so. I just think the, the disparity. Yeah, I mean, and it, the it, small it has, circle and yeah. the small talent pool that you're you're creating there. I mean, it's a right. celebrity. No, it, and I right. don't know if we should be promoting celebrity, it, even if it's a reality. I don't know if it's a good. Yeah, I get you know. I don't know. It's um, I. Well, oh, gosh, we're doing a podcast right now. Mm-hmm. We have 40, we're celebrities. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. Japan. <laughs> yeah, but nobody's paying us. Yeah, I'm happy to give this away for free. Yeah, no, I am too. And I, I guess, like, I, you know, I, I, I feel like... I have to beg them to listen, so it's not... <laughs> <laughs> right. No, it's, it just seems like it's, it's often commingled, and getting paid to do something well isn't necessarily wrong. And it, it does seem like there have been... Here's the big test for me, and this is where I got into being a pastor, is, like, I believe in the scriptural principle that the worker's worth is is pay. Right. Right? But I had to decide, and early on as a pastor, we, you know, my family, we made nothing. We right. made no money being leading the church, and we gave a ton of time and effort. And, and money. And money, and we, and it was hard. Yes. And so I, there was a decision point where it was like, will I do this whether there's any pay or not? And a decision had to be made of, yes, this is what I must do. If, if the church can help support my family through it, which I think is right, then I will gladly accept that. If not, I will still do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I watched a video about some um, folks in India that a buddy of mine had made, and they had a similar quandary where they set out to start a ministry, thought they had all this funding, it went away, and they were struck with the question of, do we still do it? Mm-hmm. Or does, or do we now not believe in it anymore? Right. And they did it, um, and it turned out to be this beautiful thing. So I guess that would be the, and it's it's the heart, you know? So like, I mean, if we had Chris Tomlin here at the table, right, and, and could say, hey, Chris, would you do this if the money were gone? You know, like, and 
you know, and, and of course, you would never know till the money actually went away, <laughs> right? Because it's easy to say right, that. Right. But well, I think the money is, is part of the issue, but the other issue is, again, it goes back to what it says, because Chris Tomlin is there. Hey, because some of the past, you know, the celebrity preachers are there, there is a sense that it makes it easy for us. I don't ha- I mean, you right. know, Brian here doesn't have to sit down as a guy at church and hear, oh, at Mission Church, it's not just that we need you to play. You have a responsibility as a musician to look around and say, oh, what's the story of God here? And what? how do I do the hard work to tell that story? And then come and say, I have a song that tells our story. And, and assert that. Like, there's... Because it's already there, you know, people have already written it for us. And, and because creativity is not a big part of the church, I mean, right. the Reformation, we love it, but it kicked out a lot of the yeah. artists into the secular world. Right. So when we're talking about the Reformation, they didn't like artists, so it wasn't necessarily something yeah. they were, I mean, depending Reformation on, has really bad art. Depending on which wing of Reformation yeah, sure, you're Yeah, sure, sure. Still, yeah, they were they were taking all of the things out. That was end. and that was in very many ways a mistake. Yes, and, and you know, and then we we kind of come from a starved heritage because the yeah the Puritans just met in stripped buildings and wouldn't use an instrument. Right, and well. then and then we've discovered that you know because all you have to do is read a Bible and see oh even in the temple um, there are there are instruments and there's. You know, and Bezalel and the great artwork, and mm-hmm. so we—that was a pendulum swing too far. Right. Um, but you know that. Sure. At any rate, I don't know. I just I hear you, and I I think I agree mostly, but I still feel like there's there's the local story, and then there's the global and national, and there's there's a there's the big story too. So Brian shared with us, you know, a Phil Wickham song. Mm-hmm. He's you know, picking up on themes, Amazing Grace, that, you yeah. know, go back to a, a hymn we all know. Right. And, but then kind of adding some some thoughts and putting it in a modern idiom. And, and Wickham's writing that for Big C Church, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it seems like there are, like, when you look around and see the story of God, there's, there, there's a story that anyone can, can connect with and relate mm-hmm. to that, you know, if a musician can put it out there and the whole world can hear it, maybe there's a place for that. But then you're, I think you're right that there's a story within the community that one of those musicians will never touch and we need to be also engaging with that. Yeah. But I guess I'm not so quick to say like, you know, just because a bigger musician can't touch on the local story that their song isn't of use to us. No. I just think at some point, like maybe this pendulum has been swung so far one way that it's time to throw, throw it the other way right? to allow us to then kind of balance out. Yeah. That's kind of more my... And I just don't think there's enough people swinging the pendulum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's... You know, no, I... Yeah, there's the whole... Yeah, like, if if some if one side of the tear totters all the way down, jump up and down on the other side. Yeah. You know, or do you put a brick under each side and level it up? Yeah. I don't no, know. No, I <laughs> well, I think that the thing is, each you go look at the prophets, yeah, and each one is called to a different mode, yeah. Like not everybody's Hosea, right? Not everybody's Ezekiel, you, okay. or you know, and each one has a very different, distinct calling that I don't want. But but you know, I think. But you're Jeremiah, is, and that's just yeah, that. and that's just that. Like I have to cry all the time, yeah, <laughs> and no one listens to you. Yeah, nobody listens apparently because <laughs> they argue with that. No. But I mean, I think this goes out into the way we've done, you know, 
the way we write books as Christians. I mean, yeah. we're just constantly putting out information and stuff, but we're not really letting it sink in. We're not discipling. And I think part of, you know, I think creativity and writing music and singing together locally is part of discipleship. Yeah. Like, no one is coming alongside you and saying, look, man, like, you have these gifts, you have these skills, you have a responsibility to our community to begin to tell its story. How do we do that? How do we get you there? You know, what's... Because that's not in any of our mindset. Yeah. It never happened for me, you know. It's things that we... Because discipleship's not the mode. Right. Right. Which leads to how annoyed we are with pastors. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not annoyed by pastors. Yeah, he just sits and listens to them. Yeah, go back and forth. Yeah, I don't know. I just uh, maybe to maybe to end on a on on this little thought. So I, uh, yeah, basically I'm feeling like a like a big failure, turd, like screw up. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the moment, and um, and the the sad tr- you know truth is that you know I've. I become aware of a, of a massive failure of my own in um, yeah and and it's true like I've failed and um, and it's a, an area of which I've failed before and I, and it's hard and what it, it uh, and it, there are several thoughts I've had over the past day or so but one of the big ones was I immediately flashed back to my old pastor and how I was just so frustrated with his shortcomings mm. and would talk about them to other people and how, you know, yeah, he just wasn't doing a good job. And uh, I guess maybe what I want to do is say I'm sorry to him. Maybe I should just call him. Because uh, now as a pastor, I'm just so dang overwhelmed by all my insufficiency and failures and even when I'm trying my best I'm dropping the ball in a very big way and and I'm looking back at the people that I like demanded that they get it all right mm-hmm. and I'm going man first of all that wasn't even like I didn't believe the gospel on the behalf of those people and I didn't extend it to them very well and I had a misguided idea of what the church was because I wanted the church to be people who did it right instead of a, the hospital for sinners where we look to Jesus together. Um, and I want, you know, I want to be a qualified pastor. I think my old pastor did too, but just, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm just in that mode of like just realizing like what I'm experiencing is something that I caused other people to feel by criticizing them when they failed even when the, when I was right mm-hmm. um, so you know there you go that's my outside yeah. of this worship situation yeah. that's just how <laughs> write a song for it yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe that cactus song yeah. like well, what so what is it exactly that you feel now that you're like been criticized like you're the you're the object of criticism well I they're right and it's a confusing thing because it's like um, yeah, like, it's just, part of me is like, well, you've only scratched the surface. Like, <laughs> you have no idea, idea what it's like to live with me, myself, all the time. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, this is, like, of the failures of my week, this is one of 500 and that are weighing on me heavily. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, like, I assume they do know how that feels because they probably feel the same way, right? And so there's there's a part of me that's like... But th- then there's just another part that's like, man, because I so desperately want to be a good pastor, mm-hmm. that's just... Yeah, it just sucks. So... So I feel it's, what? Um, reality? No, it's it's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm. It's not like. Like feel lonely, empty. Like what is it like? Like that visceral thing. That, that, yeah, yeah. Maybe like just exposed. Yeah, yeah, that would be a good way to say it. Because it actually not lonely at all. Um, so it's more exposed. Yeah, it's just like it's just. Yeah, because it's one thing to deal with your all your insufficiencies internally, but then to realize that somebody is just super aware of it, and yeah. then that probably other people will be too. And mm-hmm. yeah, maybe just the the exposed and the fear of yeah, just like right. yeah, what's what's it going to be like for everybody to go? Oh, you you're you stink as a pastor, actually. Yeah. You know, which I could have told you, but now that somebody else is. Right, but, but you know, if you're telling people you're you're dressed up in the clothes, like that experience is really a Garden of Eden. Yeah, God comes walking, right. and you're like, oh, oh I'm, I'm naked. Yeah, and, and so and to say like, oh, I'm flawed, I'm a mess, is sort of your own covering, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, just being naked, and that's what it feels like a lot of times as a pastor because you got people, lots of people to be naked in front. of that's a great that's a great visual (laughs) well by great I mean horrid yeah but but it's really I mean it's what it feels like and then you begin to kind of have those negative like I'm a failure right I can't do this yeah and that and that feeling and I would assume there's I mean I I know there's a spiritual like struggle component to that because that feeling is always so close to me I don't know about you Um, yeah I think it's probably close to all of us. Yeah. Like, we're all, like, about an eighth of an inch from going over that cliff at all times, and it doesn't take a hard push. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's... So anyway, from from my experience now to, I guess I just, yeah, I just kind of want to, like, realize that I've pushed a lot of pastors and spiritual leaders in my life toward the brink of despair. Mm because they were flawed and I made a big deal out of letting them know that or telling other people about it or something and uh, just yeah just kind of going man I wish I knew what I know now that and I and I wish I looked at them as like just chiefs of sinners Mm. (laughs) right instead of like Asking them to be—I don't know. People, I mean, they're supposed to be an example, right? I'm supposed to be an example. I don't want to minimize that, but at the same time, like, sort of demanding that if they're not living up to the standard, then I'm going to just shame them to death. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of maybe really going and addressing true hurts and true disappointment with people, it's easier to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I've been I've been super guilty of that. So there you go. Mm. That's a confession for the for the morning. That's there just you go. Heavy on me. Originally, we were doing 
at the beginning of the podcast, we would st- kind of start out, for at least the first couple, were m- confessions of mine. Like, yeah. Like, oh, uh, I can't even remember. I can remember one, but it doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, it's nice to hear another confession. And especially with the very first podcast, or the one after, actually, uh, we talked about transparency. Yeah. It's nice to know that we can actually commit like not just talk about it and then sure. following a uh, couple weeks actually it's been over a month since that podcast yeah, yeah. it's still uh, relevant as well and oh, yeah. um, you know that first podcast has 51 listeners oh really yeah <laughs> it's all your this is your confession I was thinking that really that's true <laughs> yeah <That's> true. sorry <laughs> <laughs> 51 listens uh, 47 watches and they're all from uh, hey, Japan. Japan. <laughs> those those view, the views of the profile, it makes sense yeah, no, in I the got context. It. Yeah, I got you. But I don't mind you keep bringing it up. <laughs> I, don't, I promise not to like defend myself every time because I think it is, I think it is funny. So, okay, I'll gladly laugh I'm myself. Done. There's plenty of reasons. I'm done now. You sure? We should bring it up next week. Too. Okay. Yeah, I'll do. I'll do the same thing. I'll be like, how many views did we have this week? Oh, that'd be awesome. And then we just continue to do it every week. Or maybe we have to put up a website eventually so that we can actually get views and then the joke is on yeah. me. Yeah, maybe <laughs> can you do that? You, you can be in charge of our website. Oh. Ah. Uh, I'll try. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not good at websites. I'm, you're not? No. Oh, I'm... I mean, I am, but I, they usually cost money and I don't understand. Yeah, because you're like, why does everybody charge for it? Why do worship leaders charge for their yeah. music? Why do web hosts charge for their sites? Yeah, should, everything should be free. Everything should be free. Yeah, or by the generosity of the people. Yeah, yeah. Can I have a free copy of your board game? Uh, you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to cost me a lot of money. <laughs> but I don't make any money on my board games. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Well, I'll create the pot. Uh, podcast website. Okay. Yeah. I can and send you the code to embed our stuff. Perfect. And I will also uh, start up that email. And if you have questions, maybe next week we can do a QA. Okay. And that'd be really great. QA, like people are going to ask us questions? You can ask us questions. We'll ask you both questions. Uh, you can ask me a question as well, and I will try to answer. But I, this is the their option. podcast. I'm just the host. We also have uh, I bring in a philosopher. Talk to us. We want to do that. Um, yeah, we, we want to. We want to talk about war, right? Yes, Eric? let's talk about war. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to phone up on war. Uh huh. Yeah, or we can just talk about it. So. Yeah. No, I mean, let's not. Let's not. Shared ignorance is fine. The idea of faith over breakfast. We're just having breakfast. We yeah. didn't. We're not preparing for that. I wasn't prepared for this. No. <laughs> I actually forgot the topic today <laughs> until we got here. <laughs> well, in, you in uh, further confessions, <laughs> should you sign us off? Yeah, this is Faith Over Breakfast with Pastor Eric Seepin, Pastor Andy Littleton, and I'm your host, Brian Betts. Thank you so much for listening. We have a nice time.